0: Thank you all so much. There was one particular uh, watch party from the Netherlands. I was like, dude, all over the world, people are watching this message, and I'm just thankful. I'm honored to serve you, and I pray that you're ready for tonight. I pray that you're ready for tonight because tonight I'm going to try to give you some meat, all right? So um, I could not compartmentalize this message to just one foundational text, so we actually have three passages of scripture that we're going to use um, to kind of do a little hopscotch to corroborate our claim on tonight go ahead and drop a comment let us know where you are in the world if this is your 21st time if this is your first time thank you for joining us tag us take your screenshot and let us know what this try me series is doing for you all right want to get to work we have a lot of um, scripture reading for this particular message just so that you can have a biblical backdrop for the teaching on tonight so genesis chapter 20 is where we're going to start genesis chapter 20 verses 1 through 3 it says and abraham journeyed from there to the south and dwelt by kadesh and shur and stayed in gerar now abraham said of sarah his wife she is my sister And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Indeed, you are a dead man because of the woman who you have taken, for she is a man's wife. Now let's hop to Genesis 26. Genesis 26, verses 6 through 9. It says, So Isaac dwelt in Gerar, and the men of the place asked about his wife. And he said, she is my sister. Can I get somebody to say pattern? <laughs> pattern. His daddy just did the same thing years ago. She is my sister. For he was afraid to say she is my wife because he thought lest the men of the place kill me for, Re- for Rebekah. Because she is beautiful to behold. Now it came to pass when he had been there a long time that Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked through a window and saw... And there was Isaac showing endearment to Rebekah, his wife. Then Abimelech called Isaac and said, Quite obviously, she is your wife. So how could you say she is my sister? And our last verse for our foundational opening is Genesis 27. So he went to his father and said, My father, and he said, Here I am. Who are you, my son? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau your firstborn. I have done just as you told me One more time Somebody say pattern Please arise Sit and eat of my game That your soul may bless me But Isaac said to his son How is it that you have found it so quickly my son And he said because the Lord your God brought it to me It's a bad thing when you're lying on God Isaac said to Jacob Please come near That I may feel you, my son, whether you are really my son Esau or not. So Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, and he felt him and said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. Verse 24, then he said, are you really my son Esau? He said, I am. Father, thank you for this moment. I thank you for this hour. Anoint my lips. As my usual request to be the PA system of heaven, we are in high expectation of what you have to say, oh God. Make me invisible so that you are seen as visible, as powerful, as needed, as wonderful, as majestic, as mighty, as necessary. In Jesus' name, and everybody who agrees with that prayer, would you drop the comment in the room? Amen. Amen. Now listen, um, tonight for part 21 of this Try Me series, I'm going to try to give you some meat. I just feel it's needed and it's necessary. Let's speak around this thought for this subject for the time that we have together on tonight. Familiar spirits. Familiar spirits. I want to I wanna try to give you a spiritual lens. Because a lot of us have been trying to cure spiritual attacks with natural remedies. And it's never going to work. And you wonder why you're so frustrated. You wonder why you're struggling, and it's like, I'm just struggling in my mindset, and, and and I'm just struggling with addictions, and I'm just struggling with childhood trauma, and I'm struggling with secret sins, and I'm struggling with my lustful craving, and I'm struggling with emotional pain, and I'm struggling with mental bondage, and I just want to be set free. I just want to be free. I want to be, I'm, I want to be done with all of this. I'm tired of waking up every single day. I'm tired that I'm tired. I'm tired of not liking what I see in the mirror. I'm tired of keeping in roadblock after roadblock and circling the same mountain and issue after issue and bad report after bad report. I'm tired. And I want to know, how did I get to this place? How did I get to a place where my lust is craving and just raging so hard? How did I get here? How did I get to this place where I seem to have no passion and no joy and I'm not happy about anything? How did I get to this place? How did my mouth get like this? (laughs) How did my tongue get so sharp and filled with so much profanity that all it takes is for somebody not even to come at me the wrong way, but just look at me the wrong way? Just drop the wrong comment on my thread. Just say one thing and I'll cuss you out real quick. How did I get like this? And why am I so angry? Why am I so angry? And I really can't point out to one particular event or if this is the reason or that's the reason, but I'm just so angry. Why am I so irritable? And I'll literally just snap and I'll go zero to 100 real quick. Why am I so angry? How did I gain so much weight? How did I lose all of this weight? How did I get to this place where I just feel so stressed and overwhelmed and I just feel as though on tonight, hell is in trouble. Hell is in trouble because by the grace of God, I want to provide you and expose you with the level of understanding that could extend to you a tool on how you could break that chain. Because there is power in recognition. Please, did y'all hear what I just said? There is power in recognition. Usually thieves wear masks. And the reason they wear masks is so that you don't recognize them. Because if I recognize you, I could trace you. If I recognize you, I could trace you. I'm going to say it again. Thieves usually wear masks because they don't want you to recognize them. Because if I could recognize you, I could possibly trace you. See, if I know you and you rob me and you're wearing a mask, one could just chunk it up to a random robbery. But if I know you and you try to rob me without a mask, then I'm able to recognize you and that recognition is tied to tracing. So then I'll be able to say, you know what? They look familiar. Emphasis on familiar. They look familiar, I recognize them. I could trace this back to last week. I saw them walking around my car at 2 a.m. and I caught them on my ring doorbell. I recognize them. I recognize this particular person. They look familiar. They came with my cousin a few days ago to the studio because once you're able to recognize, then you're able to trace. I'm trying to help somebody on tonight's. The enemy comes to kill steal and destroy and whenever the enemy comes in he always comes in wearing a mask because he does not want you to recognize him he comes as an angel of the light he's the master of the skies say it backwards he disguises himself as the master and on tonight. I feel as though hell is in trouble and hell should get nervous because we're going to unmask some evil spirits. We're going to unmask some familiar spirits. We're going to unmask some systems. We're going to unmask some strongholds. We're going to unmask some pain. We're going to unmask some things that we're thinking is just an addiction. No, there's a spirit behind this. We're going to unmask it because once you could recognize it, then you could trace it. If you recognize, you know what? I do have alcoholism. And if I trace it, it happened when I was depressed. And if I trace it, it happened. When I was at that party and if I trace it it happened when I was hanging with him or when I was dating him Or when I was dating her and you know what if I think a little bit deeper mama has the same issue And if I think a little deeper my aunts have the same issue And if I think a little deeper my cousin has the same issue And then what the Holy Spirit does is once you're able to recognize it and trace it then God will give you revelation God will give you revelation like He gave me for studying for this particular text. He showed me alcoholism is tied to the spirit of suicide. It's tied to the spirit of suicide. Whenever we drown ourselves in hard liquor, whenever we're trying to escape our reality and bury ourselves in liquor, you'll notice those that struggle with drunkenness also have suicidal thoughts. They also have suicidal thoughts and you are killing yourself but you're killing yourself slowly. The devil loves to present you with gradual death. It's not swift because if it was swift you might be able to identify as him. He likes killing you with the smoke but we're so caught up with the fire. So once you have the revelation, the revelation was tied to the recognition, and the recognition caused me to be able to trace it. And whenever hell has been after you and the enemy has been after you like this, it must mean there's something powerful on your life. It must mean there's a work that you have to do. There must mean because there's something that you have to break. The right question is not what's wrong with me, but rather what's in me. Y'all better come get me. I'm about to run off this stage. It's not what's wrong with me. It's what's in me because thieves don't target empty houses. There's something valuable on the inside of you. This is why you should never judge somebody else's struggle. You should never judge when somebody else is wrestling with something because you do not put the same size chain on a Yorkie as you do a Great Dane. You don't put the same size chain. See, the enemy puts a greater chain on the Great Dane because if you ever get loose, you're going to cause some problems for me. If you ever get loose, you're going to cause some dents in the kingdom of darkness. If you ever get loose, you're going to be able to unmask my assailants. If you ever get loose, somebody drop the comment, if I ever get loose. You're dangerous when you're free and when you recognize you have the ability to trace and when you trace it, God will give you the revelation, this is what you're dealing with. See, see, we see in our foundational text, Abraham is having a lying issue. Somebody say pattern. Okay, so we see Abraham is lying about his wife in Genesis chapter 20. And then we see Abraham's son, Isaac, is doing the same thing and lying about his wife and Genesis 26 and then we see Isaac's son Jacob is doing the similar activity when lying to his daddy and Genesis 27 what do we have here we have a bloodline system we have a pattern there is a familiar spirit of lying that we see and if you can't identify the pattern and if you can't identify what the issue is you won't know how to fight it because you're trying to fight spiritual things natural ways And as we stated a few days ago when we were talking about Solomon, Solomon was dealing with the familiar spirit. It wasn't just he was just crazy, he just loved women that much, and like, I'm going to get a thousand of them. He was also overwhelmed by a familiar spirit of lust. It started with his dad, and we talked about this. Rahab the harlot is also in his bloodline. What does that mean? This is a woman who is a prostitute who engages in sexual immoral behavior for a living. This is all in his blood. And somebody's watching this, and you wonder why you're struggling with things. There's something in your blood. There's something that you naturally, ever since you popped out your mama's womb, you were naturally bent to this. It's like you came in the world with a bad will alignment, and you were just bent towards alcoholism. You were just built towards uh, promiscuity. You just kind of naturally came built toward this thing, and this is a bloodline issue. Solomon, just, Solomon didn't just have this issue for no reason. It started with his daddy. I want you guys to see this. Look at this. 2 Samuel Chapter 11, i got to flood you with Bible so that you can see I'm not up here lying. Second Samuel, chapter 11, verse 1, it says, It happened in the spring of the year at the times when kings go out to battle that David sent Joab. Problem, kings go out to battle. David is the king. He's sending somebody else to do his job. David sent Joab and his servants with him and all of Israel and they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Rabbah but conjunction junction what's your function but David remained at Jerusalem hmm this is the time when kings go to war but instead of me going to war I remained in Jerusalem see I want y'all to get this You will always end up in private battles when you're not fighting the battles that you're assigned to. I'm trying to help somebody. You will always end up in private battles. I'm talking about warfares you were never even supposed to fight. Issues that you were never even supposed to face and I just have a sneaky suspicion that there's somebody watching this message that you know I'm telling the truth because if you just think about it there is a private battle that you're in that you could trace back to a place. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, this private battle, I trace it back. It started to that. It started in that dorm room. It started in the back seat of that car. It started when you were a child and your uncle took you down in the basement talking about his tickle time. That's when it started. There is this battle that started when you were in a place. Now, the struggle and how we give the enemy power is when we're fighting more to cover up the battle than we are fighting for our deliverance. That's when the enemy has a stronger grip because you're not fighting to be free from it. You're fighting to hide it and cover it up and we see that Solomon was dealing with this bloodline issue and we stated that also in the bloodline of Solomon was Jesus and he's the one that broke it because he broke it with his blood. Oh, Lord. He broke it with his blood. See, the whole bloodline shifted because he shed his blood. And the Bible lets me know that greater is he that lives within me than he that's in the world. Is that what your Bible says? Is that what your Bible says? Am I mistaken? Is that what your Bible says? It says greater is he that lives within me than he that's in the world. So you know what this means? If he broke the cycle, I could break the cycle. If he broke the curse, I could break the curse. If he broke the addiction, I could break the curse. I can break the addition because he lives on the inside of me. I'm not looking for revival. I am revival. I'm not looking for a move of God. I am the move of God. I am a relentless worshiper. I am a way maker because the greater one lives on the inside of me. And since he lives on the inside of you, you can stop trying to find external things to treat internal issues. He lives on the inside of you. I'm trying. Listen, I want us to get this. God always puts a deliverer in a generation. Please hear me. He always puts a deliverer in a generation. God always puts a deliverer in the bloodline. See, a lot of us are wondering why your life has been so hard and all this stuff is happening and why all these attacks are coming your way. It's because you're called to be a deliverer and you don't even know it. God always puts a deliverer in the bloodline. Now, I'm about to mess you up. One of the signs that you have been marked to deliver, not the only sign, but one of the signs that you have been marked to deliver is when trauma arrived in childhood. Oh, Lord. God, I hope this is helping somebody. One of the signs that you are a deliverer is when trauma landed in the tournament at your childhood. We talked about this. Moses was a deliverer. And there was a decree that went forth. I want you to kill all two-year-old male babies. Because the enemy never wanted Moses to walk into maturity. When we're talking about Jesus, the ultimate deliverer. Herod called a decree, I want all male babies that are two years of age and under, I want to kill them because the enemy never wants you to walk into maturity. He tries to take you out before you ever develop. He tries to take you out in your embryo phase. He tries to take you out in your fetus stage. He tried to take you out in pre-K. He tried to take you out in elementary. He tried to have something hit your life so painful in middle school that it'll take generations for you to get over this. He wants to ruin you and your child childhood. childhood and it is a mark that you are one that is a deliverer i'm gonna give you more bible look at this revelations chapter 12 (laughs) we're going really deeper revelations chapter 12 verse 4 i want you to remember this please i want you to remember this whenever you have been called to deliver there will always be trauma that arrives in your childhood i want to tell y'all something really quick i want you to know that hell has a gang mentality They have a gang mindset. They have this mindset. If I'm going down, I'm taking everybody down with me. (laughs) This is why when you see mass shootings and they shoot up schools or they shoot up bars or they shoot people in the mall and they shoot up churches, they usually kill themselves too. It is the spirit of Satan, because if I'm going to go down, y'all going down with me. If I can't have you, can't nobody else have you. So I'm going to kill you, I'm going to kill your mama, I'm going to kill your brother, and then I'm going to kill myself. It is the spirit of Satan. It has a gang mentality. And still to this day, the enemy is like, if I'm going to be thrown in the fiery lake, I'm going to take as many people down with me as I can, because he has a gang mentality. If I got to go down, I'm taking everybody down with me. Revelation chapter 12, look at this, verse 4. It says, his tail drew a third of the stars of heaven. Okay, so let's break this down. Drew in the Hebrew means to haul or to drag, okay? The tail, we're speaking of Satan. The third of the stars of heaven is angels. So demons are referred to as fallen angels, okay? He, his tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. The method of the enemy is as soon as you're about to give birth to something, as soon as you're about to walk into a new season, as soon as you come in the earth, he's trying to devour you because he never wants you to walk into maturity. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but the devil wants to kill you in your infancy stage. He never wants you to walk into maturity. You're most dangerous when you mature. Oh, if you could ever get mature, if you could ever start having mature living, hell gets terrified when you get mature. Hell gets nervous when you get mature. Hell gets angry when you get mature. In fact, you can always tell when a person is sent by hell when they try to make you feel bad, attack you, or try to stop you from evolving. Because hell gets nervous when you mature. Stop worrying about that they left you. Some people keep choosing other partners because they're avoiding changing themselves. That's their problem. Why are you over here crying? Somebody out here dating your ex. Somebody's out here dating your ex. All that ex was was an example of what it looks like when you are in a relationship without the king's endorsement. It's dangerous when you get mature. When you start walking in maturity, when you start thinking in maturity, when you start making choices from a mature place, God is calling for you to be mature. Stop justifying as God ain't doing me yet as a permission slip for you to be petty and for you to clap back and for you to still curse people out. God is saying, I'm calling you higher and I want you to come deeper. I'm calling you higher and I want you to come deeper. Stop letting people say, girl, that's too deep. God doesn't want you to stay on the shallow end. I want you to evolve. I want you to grow. I want you to transform. I want you to experience a metamorphosis I'm calling you higher God is saying mature yeah. this is why your spirit is so frustrated it's a divine frustration frustration is an indication of a place that you have no longer need to be in see you have a divine frustration and frustration is also a revelation of a person place or thing that you've outgrown And you're so upset because God is saying you have gotten comfortable in this immature state, and I'm calling you for maturity. Somebody say, Maturity. Maturity. You're a breaker. Man of God, you're a breaker. You know why the devil hates men? It's because in the spirit realm, you have been cosmically created to be a gatekeeper you have cosmically been created to be a gatekeeper. So real manhood is nothing's getting in my house without first getting through me. Nothing is touching my wife without first getting through me. Nothing is touching my sons without first getting through me. Nothing is touching my daughters without first getting through me. I am the gatekeeper. This is why, ladies, you have to check the condition of that man's soul before you look at his body, because is he a gatekeeper? He might be fine, but can he pray? He might look good, but can he Engage in spiritual warfare because he knows how to prevent your family from getting hit by some stuff which is why the enemy wants the man out of position because it's easy to overthrow overthrow the kingdom when there was no king on the throne you are a gatekeeper man of god you're a gatekeeper woman of god you know why hell hates you so much there are layers to his hatred for you (laughs) there are layers of his hatred for you because god always flips the script God always flips the script. The enemy deceived the woman, and that got us all in trouble. What happened through Eve, which she extended to Adam, got us all in trouble. But what God used a woman to do got us all out of trouble. He always flips the script. (laughs) We got in trouble by what was hanging on a tree, but we got out of trouble by who hang on a tree. He always flips the script. He always flips the script. The enemy used the woman to extend this thing to Adam, and Adam didn't correct his bride and didn't stop her from talking to a snake. The enemy used this woman to spread this message, and we all got in trouble. But the first people who were at the grave, I'm about to run off this stage. The first people who were at the grave when Jesus got up was women. It was a woman. A woman was the first journalist. <laughs> She was the first one to major in journalism. You go spread the good news and you go tell the disciples, I got up. Because he always flips the script. He always flips the script. He hates you because you have the power to conceive, to carry, to birth, and to nurse. A man can't do that. All a man can do is plant and protect. That's all we can do, but you can conceive, and you can carry, and you could birth, and you could nurse. My God, no wonder the enemy's after you because he wants to impregnate you with his will. He wants to impregnate you with his counterfeits. He wants to impregnate you with his pain. He wants to impregnate you with his distractions so you can give birth to his agenda. You're a breaker. You're a breaker. Listen, please listen. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm just trying to articulate And I want you to understand that there is a very powerful and impactful but often overlooked contribution to the reason why you think the way you think. Process the way you process. Talk to him the way you talk to him. Talk to her the way you talk to her. Spend how you spend and eat how you eat and walk how you walk. Could it be due to what's in your blood and a familiar spirit? I'm talking about your family tree. What's in your bloodline? And there's something in your bloodline that has generational momentum. And don't judge Abraham because if you look at the track meet of your bloodline, and if I look at the track meet of my bloodline, there's a baton that's being passed down. There's something being passed down. And he wants you to understand, like, if I could deceive them where they never could recognize me, they could never trace me. What's in your bloodline? I'm talking about something that hit your life before puberty before you ever had peach fuzz on your chin, before you ever had a little bass to your voice, before your body ever took on the shape of a woman, you were exposed to it with the way the grandmother was talking to granddaddy. You were exposed to it. You were exposed to it when your uncle always would have this little brown bag in his hand, and whenever he drank from that brown bag, he would become abusive to himself and abusive to others. You were exposed to it. I need you to notice the pattern. I need you to notice the pattern. Please hear me. If you were to line up the last three generations of your mothers. Your mama, your grandma, and your great-grandmother. If you were to line up the last three generations of your mothers, the last three generations of your fathers, and the last three generations of their sim- of their of siblings, and then you compare their similarities, you will have a bar graph which will expose you to the familiar spirit. Did you hear what I just said? If If you just... If you just put the last three mothers, last three generation, the mothers of your generation in a row, and the last three fathers, three generation of fathers in a row, and their siblings in a row, and you compare their similarities, you will have a bar graph which will show you where that familiar spirit is got to get this y'all you have to notice the pattern you have to notice the pattern you have to notice the pattern because patterns create portals god patterns create portals you have to notice the pattern you have to notice the pattern you have to notice the pattern i want you to notice the pattern of how your mother was molested and your grandmother was molested and your uncle was molested and you were molested and your cousins were molested. And how in the world are you in your mid-20s? And how in the world are you in your mid-30s, late-40s, early-50s? And we're just now talking about it. We're just now talking about it. Notice the pattern. Notice the pattern. Notice the pattern. Notice the pattern. I want you to notice the pattern of how your mother would overspend so that she could appear to be at some financial place that she wasn't because she was worried about what other people thought about her. I'm talking about going in debt to buy you back-to-school clothes and Christmas gifts, and you wonder why you're a people pleaser? and you wonder why you have an overspending issue, notice the pattern, notice the pattern, notice the pattern, notice the pattern. I want you to notice the pattern of how you have chauvinistic, narcissistic men in your family who didn't listen to their mother, nor did they listen to their wife. I'm the man in this house. You listen to me. I'm the man in this house. And you struggle with control yourself to this day, man of God. Notice the pattern. Notice the pattern. Notice the pattern. I want you to notice the pattern of people who stayed in abusive and toxic relationships, community, and churches. But they just wore a mask as though everything was okay. See, a lot of us were wearing masks way before COVID. <laughs> this is normal for a lot of us. We were wearing masks way before COVID. I want you to notice how a lot of people stayed in abusive and toxic relationships, communities, and churches and presented themselves to be happy because some people would would rather you think that they're happy but be miserable with a devil. I just want to know how you got a whole degree. I'm talking about a whole one. How you got a whole degree? You got like three degrees. You got a career, you got a business plan, you got a license in the field of your expertise, and you crying over somebody who just has a birth certificate. <laughs> Notice the pattern. Somebody was like, "I felt that. I'm tripping all you guys a birth certificate) <laughs> Yeah, notice the pattern. I want you guys to see this. If, if you could put this image on the screen. Um, last night, I feel uh, as though the Holy Spirit gave this to me. I don't want to make the erroneous assumption or indulge in ministerial malpractice and just assume that you know what I'm talking about. Okay? So I, I want you to see this image. Okay? This is a familiar spirit image that I think could kind of help you understand this. All right? At the top, we have the patterns. Okay? You have to notice the pattern. Because the pattern goes to create a track. Think of a railroad, an actual track, an actual pathway that leads you to the portal. Okay? So the pattern leads you to the portal. All right? What is the portal? That is the access point. That is the entry point. That is how you give an open door for the enemy. Okay? And then once they have the portal and access, now we have possession. Possession is when they possess your mind, possess your moods, sometimes physically possess your body as a host. And now they have a grip, but it all started because of the pattern. Okay? But let's look at this. Let's say this in reverse. If we could attack and notice the pattern, then that's going to mess up the enemy's grip. And once that messes up the enemy's grip, he no longer can have possession. And the reason he can't have possession is because he no longer has access. And the reason he no longer has access is because I closed all doors. And the reason I've closed all doors is because it was leading to a track that was connected to the pattern. See, if I have a pattern of a lack of self-control, if I have a pattern of being promiscuous... That's going to lead to a track of pornography, okay? So it opens up the door to this portal. Now we have the spirit of perversion that can come in. Now we have the spirit of idolatry that can come in. Now we have the spirit of suicide that can come in. All of this has come in due to the pattern and we did not identify the track because the track is tied to a portal. God, I hope y'all are getting this. And this is how we get affected and we are bound by the enemy's grip. We're not noticing the pattern. A lot of us we're having warfare arguments and we don't even know it. <laughs> you trying to get your mama to understand, you trying to get your co-worker to understand, and y'all are legit arguing, and you're mad, and you're not even recognizing you're having a warfare argument. You're not dealing with a person, you're dealing with the principality. <laughs> this ain't even them. See, once you recognize it, then you can trace where it's coming from, and now I have a revelation. I'm not even going to let them get me upset. I know that's nothing but the devil. That's nothing but the enemy trying to distract me, trying to get me to lose my focus. If you recognize it, this is not just an argument with a person. This is a principality, okay? Ephesians 6 tells us this way. Look at this. Ephesians 6, verse 12, it says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness and heavenly places. So let's break this down. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. What does that That means that's me. I'm flesh and I'm blood. You're not fighting a man, but you're dealing with a principality. Okay, now there are two Ps I want you to notice. In principalities, it comes from the root word principle and principle. Okay, principle, speaking of following something, a rule. So a principle is a system. Okay, so if you're working out, you have a meal prep, you're living by a system. Okay, and the more you live by this system, the stronger your results become because we're living by a system or a principle. Okay, now the other type of principle that ends in P A L. I want you to think of a school a principal the principal's job is to oversee this domain it's the principal's job to overlook the school to oversee this domain listen i want you to get this devils demons evil spirits they don't want just a person they're after regions and generations okay please it's deeper than that they're after regions and generations, okay? So I live here in America. It is obvious there is a principality over the Midwest, over Illinois. There is a spirit of murder over Chicago, okay? And so there is a principal, there is an evil principal's job, and his job is to watch and oversee this domain and to inform his teachers with his agenda so he can educate his students. God, I hope y'all are getting this. It's over this area. So I want my teachers, the spirit of rage, the spirit of violence. I want you to go out and I want you to get hosts that can carry out our agenda and follow my syllabus because I want this system. I want this school to stay functional. I want us to pass in the evil realm. So I'm the principal and I'm overseeing to make sure that this comes into reality. On the West Coast, California area, it's obvious there is a spirit of perversion, a principality of perversion. That's where the porn industry is. So, okay, I have a spirit of perversion, and it's my job to rule here, to watch over this domain, and have my teachers go out and educate our students so we can have a solid infrastructure. Principalities. Principalities. They want to govern. Govern. To rule. See, this is why you need teaching like this. You need kingdom teaching because if you don't have kingdom principles, you won't get over principalities. (laughs) If you don't have kingdom principles, you're not going to be able to get over principalities. You know why people use the name of Jesus and nothing happens? (laughs) Because you cannot operate in an authority that you're not under. So you will stay locked out at the gate, unable to know the access code to enter into this another level of power because you're, not tr- you're trying to operate in a principle that you're not under. I need to understand kingdom principles so I can get over principalities because if I don't, the enemy formulates strongholds. And what is a stronghold? It's anything that has a stronghold. In military terms, it is a fortress. This fortress is right outside the castle, and it is, it, it is the place of defense. The soldiers go here to defend their kingdom. So whenever there's a stronghold in your life, the person is usually defensive when you touch it. They get defensive when you address it because it's really the enemy trying to maintain his grip. He's trying to maintain his grip. This is why we should love all people. Because love covers a multitude of sins. And when you love somebody, what do you do? You tell them the truth. And the truth shall make you, the truth shall set you free. So the devil knows I can't have God voices in your life. I can't have people who kingdom love you. I can't have people who tell you the truth. Because I understand I'm defeated when somebody loves you. I'm defeated when somebody tells you the truth. And I lose control over my stronghold. So every person that helps you upgrade, every person that tells you the truth, and every person that loves us and is not fleshy, not butterflies in your stomach, but how about correcting you? When they love you like that, they're a hater. The enemy wants you to mislabel them because he knows they're the way that you'll be free from this stronghold. So how how do we break this grip? I might sound churchy, but it's true. Point number one, the blood. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. You're trying to fight things, and you have to first be blood covered. Because when you're blood covered, you're like, oh, state, you're in good hands. You're blood covered, certain things can't touch you when you're blood covered. God protects you when your blood covered. I understand now when Jesus was on the cross, blood and water flowed because the blood was for your sin, but the water was for your life. Washing by the water of the word. The water helps you live right. The water helps you think right. The water helps you talk right. The water helps you speak right. I need to be washed. I need them both. I need the blood and I need the water. Somebody said the blood. Okay, look at this. Colossians chapter 2. Got to give you a Bible to see this. Colossians chapter 2 verse 13 It says, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. Look at this. And having disarmed the powers. And authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. I just want you to know the blood still works. The blood still works. There's some strongholds you'll never be able to defeat without the blood. There's some familiar spirits you'll never be able to address or defeat without the blood. I need the blood. That's not old school. That's doctrine. I need the blood to change my life. And look, we can see this foreshadowed in the Old Testament. Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12, I want you to see this. It says, for I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night, and I will strike down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now the blood, somebody put in all caps blood. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, When I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. See, blood makes some stuff pass over you. God's like, when I see the blood, some stuff gonna miss you. This is how the Passover festival was installed. God was saying, okay, I need y'all to come together once a year to give me praise and to give me worship because there was a season in your life when something was supposed to hit you, but it missed you. And the only reason it missed you was because of the blood. Oh, I miss corporate worship, y'all, because right now the church will be towed up. It's the blood. It's a Passover praise. Some stuff should have hit me. That STD, it should have hit me. That suicide, it should have hit me. Don't sit up here and act like you don't know what I'm talking about. That cop pulling you over when you have marijuana on your breath, yep, you should have went to jail because you do know it's illegal in certain places. But the blood, the blood made sure some stuff passed over you. How do I break this and how do I dress the familiar spirit? I need to first be blood covered. I need to accept Christ as my Lord and Savior. Okay? Number two, how do I address and how do I break free from this grip? Fasting. Fasting. Listen, we said this all throughout this Try Me series. Fasting strengthens your no. But there's something else I want you to be aware of. When you fast, you will have withdrawals. Okay? And whatever rages when you're fasting shows you where the familiar spirit is. So when you're fasting, if your desire to watch pornography is raging, that's the familiar spirit. When you're fasting, if, man, I just need a drink, man, I just need a cold one, that's where the familiar spirit is. When you're fasting, if, man, if I could just get high, I get high, if I could just get some weed right now, I would be okay. It's showing you where the familiar spirit is. This is scientifically proven. When you fast, or what medical, medical experts call detox. When you're about to get surgery, they give you a liquid that helps you detox and get everything out your body. It is the anatomy's natural reset button. It is the anatomy's natural ability to start over. If you want to get control and you want to identify where familiar spirits are, fast. Now look, let me give you Bible, Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9, verse 17. It says... Then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples and they should cast it out, but they could not. He answered him and said, oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him. See, demons can't stand Jesus. They can't even be in his presence. So as soon as the demon saw him, it's like, oh, snap, there's the king, oh, Lord. There. <laughs> and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So he asked his father, how long has he been, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, look at this, y'all, from childhood. <laughs> from childhood and often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy himself but if you can do anything have compassion on us and help us Jesus said to him if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes and the father of the child cried out and said with tears Lord I believe help my unbelief When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Death and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Twofold. Don't just come out, but you ain't going back. (sighs) I don't even have time to unpack that. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him. And he became as one dead, so that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand. You're not going to come alive until you get the touch of Jesus, y'all. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had come into the house, his disciples, please notice this. His disciples asked him privately. I bet they were kind of like, man, I thought we had the power. What's up? It's like, yo, Lord, hey, uh, hey, uh, Jesus, why couldn't we cast it out? Look at what Jesus said. He said, this kind, this kind. Can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. There's some familiar spirits that will never come out if you don't have a prayer life. There's some familiar spirits you will never know and they'll never be exposed and they'll never be released if you don't fast. How do you get the grip off of your life, off of your children, off of your mind? You have to fast and you have to pray. It gives you an authority, a rank in the spirit realm. It gives you a power that you could not access on your own. He's saying you want to be free, you got to have a prayer life, you got to fast, man. Because there are certain spirits that are so strong, you can't get this off just attending church. You can't get this out by just watching the Try Me series. You can't get this out by just reading a book. You can't get this out by just reading your devotion. You gotta pray and you have to fast. This is not old school, this is doctrine. Last one. How do you get well? Before I go here, I wanna share this with you really quickly. First Peter chapter 4. I wanna share this because when you fast, you will suffer. If you're not suffering, you're not fasting, right? If you fast, fasting, you're like, man, this is easy, man. I can do this all the time. You're not fasting. Fasting is suffering. And you have to be able to endure the suffering. Look at this, 1 Peter chapter 4. It says, Therefore, since Christ suffered for all of us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin that he no longer shall live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men but for the will of God. When you fast, you're going to suffer. But when you suffered from it, you're going to be free from it. Last point, trigger awareness. What triggers your flesh? What atmospheres trigger your flesh? Some familiar spirits, it takes for them to be triggered. There's something that you did back in high school, something you did back in college. And when you hear this particular song, it triggers you. There's a group of people. For some people, you need to get off social media because it's a trigger. You feel inadequate and insecure every time you see somebody else post what they're doing because you constantly keep comparing yourself to them because you could be from, like we said earlier, your mother constantly kept overspending to appear to be at a place that she wasn't, and now you're struggling with people-pleasing. you got to understand the trigger because if you don't understand the trigger, you can't recognize it. You won't be able to trace it. Abraham, we see in his bloodline, there was this lying pattern. And I wonder, if you just think for a moment, what am I struggling with? What am I trying to break? What have I tried so hard to break? Maybe I've been trying to be free, not recognizing this is a spiritual attack. you're trying to treat it with a natural remedy may God give us the wisdom to be able to identify when I'm dealing with the familiar spirit God give us the wisdom give us the passion, give us the hope give us the boldness oh God to be able to go to war with anything that's trying to keep us bound it is not your will for us to be bound, for us to be lost, for us to be confused oh God, but it is your will for us to be free Whatever's hovering over our bloodline, God, in the name of Jesus, we pray that you break it. Whatever's been trying to hover over our mind, in the name of Jesus, we pray that you break it. Help us to understand that the blood covers it. So once we're blood covered, a lot of us naturally, we need to fast. Because we're looking for a miracle when all is needed is mechanics. Fasting and prayer. Forgive us for having prayer be our last resort and not our first response. Help us to be individuals who pray who seek your face because once we can recognize it we can trace it and once we can trace it then we'll have the revelation on how to be free from it in Jesus name we pray amen